When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Stevie Nicol. Only one place to start today's show, and that's at Goodison, with Everton beating tabletop as Arsenal by one goal to nil. Sean Dyche's first game in charge. Tarkowski scoring the only goal of the match. It would come on the hour mark. Arsenal far from their best, but who could have predicted this result? It might sound a little bit daft, but they're playing Everton away at Goodison Park. Now, Everton will lead on crowd noise, atmosphere, intimidation. That's one side that we saw last year when they were trying to get in the top four. They fell slightly short on. Don, you're the only man on the planet that thinks playing against Everton is a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Banging on about the depth of squad. Uh, Everton. uh, Everton, Everton, apparently. The crowd 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 of Everton. They'd be really supportive of late. Imagine if Everton win now against (laughs) us. Don's going to be coming if in. Ever, <laughs> if Everton beat Arsenal, I'll give you, well, I'll pay Stevie's 50 bucks. Oh, careful, no, careful. No, 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 He wasn't even supposed to be on today, but here he is, invited himself on. I, I there is a massive, massive caveat. Massive caveat to this conversation. Do you not hear that? What's that? That's, that, that's me off the hook. No, there, oh, there, no. Is, there, there is a huge, of course, caveat. Go and tell oh, This was when Frank Lampard was still in charge, Don, so you don't get it. Yeah, it's no, not, it doesn't no, count. No, it doesn't no, count. Not on a technicality. Not on a technicality. <laughs> they got a proper manager in now. <laughs> that's the uplift. But I tell you what, mm-hmm. where are we starting? Everton or Arsenal? Wherever you want to. We have to start with Arsenal. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Look. We'll get to Everton for Don's sake in a minute. Yeah. But nobody said it was going to be easy. I, I, I suppose there's going to be some, I don't know if it's Stevie or Don or you, I, I suppose there might be some now who are out there thinking, great, this is it, Arsenal, it's over, they're going to fold. It's a bump in the road. Right. Their, their record at Goodison is not great. The pitch was bumpy, they did not play well. They had the new manager effect, of course. Really well organised Everton. We'll get to them. And they didn't play well. Martinelli, Saka, flashes, but not much. Martinelli taking off. Martin Odegaard, arguably his worst game for a long time, taking too many touches. And Everton really pressing in the middle of the park. They had Decoury, Onana, Adresa Gay. Really worked hard in there with, with uh, the white guys. Who were they again? It will be and Dwight McNeil. Sean Dykes wanted width, he wanted crosses, he wanted hard work, he got it. Arsenal couldn't handle it. Eddie Nketiah, who's been brilliant, they didn't really see him, he had one chance in the first half. So it was a it was a day where Arsenal must have been in the hotel last night and Arteta must have been saying, listen guys, you know what's coming here. Right. You know what's coming, right? That Sean Dyche, new manager, they've been running their socks off all week, bleep test, big foot up the backside, we need a response, and Arsenal had to be ready for it. And they had their poorest game, 
for quite some time and didn't deserve to get anything. So yeah, it was a bad day at the office for them. Why was it such a bad day, Steve? Why didn't they? Turn bad timing. Bad timing. I mean, honestly, it would have been tough for any team to go to Goodison today with the circumstances, quite frankly. And teams that win the league lose games. You don't know when it's coming. Right. You just know it's coming. It's just timing. It's bad timing. Arteta, Arteta would know exactly. As Craig said, he would have said to them, look, you know what you're going to get here. And as much as the manager tells you, and you do know it, you still think, well, we're just going to play our football. But when a team just basically says, well, we're not going to let you play your football, then you get that result today. I mean, the fact that they go ahead as well, I mean, it's just, it's just a perfect storm. The fact that they go ahead means that they can still run, they can still chase. Because watching the game, I'm thinking, there's no way they can keep this up for 90 minutes. Right. But the fact that they get the goal, then the crowd's even louder. Everything points towards an upset. And that's what we got. If, if this game had been, all right, been at home, you've got somewhat of an advantage. But if this game had been at the Emirates and Dykes had just come in, I think Arsenal would have still, still wiped the floor with them. Because yeah. they'd have zipped it around in that pitch. And we were, I was talking about it with, with Augie this morning on digital. The pitch definitely played its role because Arsenal couldn't get into the stride with their passing game. It was bobbling around, they're taking those couple of extra touches and by that time, yeah. Everton were, because the manager was on the touchline, he was shouting, he was tucking people in, he was making sure they pushed up. Arsenal couldn't play their game today and, and that's credit Everton. Uh, Don, I think out of everyone, you've been the least enthusiastic about Arsenal's chances of, of keeping this up. Do you agree with the boys this is a bump in the road or is it a sign of something more serious? No, I think it's just a bump in the road. This is the, the reason why I, I predicted that Everton could take the points off them because I know what Goodison's like. Goodison's one of the most emotional grounds you can play at. When it's rocking and when the fans are high, they're right up there. And when it's low, they're lower than the snake's belly. So I knew that you know, even if Frank Lampard was in charge, he probably wouldn't have got the result because he likes to try and play football. Sean Dyche has got his team set up today in a 4-5-1. His three midfield players were absolutely magnificent. Decore, who Frank Lampard been a couple of weeks ago, hasn't been training with the first team. Sean Dyche put him straight into the eleven, and he showed everyone what a good player he is. Anana was, I think, man of the match today. Idrissa Gay does what he does. He got lots of legs in closing down in the middle of the park. Listen, they weren't outstanding. But I wouldn't necessarily say Arsenal were poor neither. I just thought, as Steve, he said, it was the perfect storm. It's Goodison Park. It can happen. It was Sean Dyche's first game. So Everton take great hope and take comfort in the fact that played 1-1-1 under a new manager. They can start looking up the table a little bit, try and reel one or two teams in. But Arsenal have got to, they've got to react. They've got to bounce back. They've got to show character. The Corey played almost as like a... It was almost like a 4-4-1-1 because the wide guys... Because, look, there's no point... He, he tried to get up and support Calvert-Lewin, who isn't fully fit and played an hour or so, but then he was, you know, enough to get back in, and big, strong, physical boy, to get back in and help. And that allowed Dwight McNeil in particular. They switched over in the first half, McNeil and Awobi. But when McNeil was on the left side and he was able to whip balls in, I mean, you've got Calvert-Lewin in there. There's no point in playing him and not having width and putting mm. the ball in the box. And actually, DeCorey should have had himself a goal in the first half. We saw the clip... Uh, from Calvert-Lewin with the Anana run. There was another one from across, I think it was from Awobi, and DeCorey was six yards out or seven yards out, missed his header. So it's clear what uh, Sean Dyche is going to try and do. He's not... It, look, I, I think the Everton fans at the moment understand what they've got. They didn't sign anybody in the transfer window. His squad's his squad. It's a clean slate. 
Bad apples were bad apples under Frank Lampard, but they can't be under Sean Dyche. He has to just wipe that clean and say, listen, this, this, we go again here, but we need to play to your strengths. We don't, we're, not, we're not going to play out like City mm. and Arsenal. And, but we've got to be tight in midfield, we've got to be tidy on the ball, and we've got to use the width in these physical players we've got up front. And if you'd have said to me two weeks ago when Lampard was still in charge, unfortunately for him, I would have said they've gone, they're yeah. going to go down. But purely because this guy, whether you're a Sean Dyche fan or not, knows how to manage his players. And I think Everton will be fine. How's Lampard feeling sat home watching his, all these players <clears throat> suddenly giving 100%, suddenly committed to the cause, giving 90 minutes? I, I think Frank's been around long enough that he understands how the game works. And the easy thing is to say that and think, why didn't, where was this running last week? Yeah. But it's, it's all psychological. And I always tell you that half the game is played between your ears. And today's a great example. You know, I am, I am absolutely certain that Frank Lampard asked his players in all the other games this season to close the ball. Stop the ball at source. Make it difficult for your opponents. These are all things that Sean Dyche would be saying. But it's a different time. And as I said before, the timing was bad for Arsenal. So it's some the stage players stop this thing? They're just not as committed to the old manager? No, when, you start, when you're losing game after game, and then particularly losing at home, your, your mind starts asking... You start asking questions about yourself right. as much as anything. Am I good enough? I was terrible last week. Am I going to be picked? I'm going to have to do this. I mean, you're thinking about all these other things. When a new manager comes in, gets the brush out, all of a sudden the cobwebs are all, they're all thrown away and the only thing he's asked you to do is run. Right. I bet you there was no... So just keep it just simple, bare simple. bones. And that's how... The, they only had 30% of the ball. And so that tells you that when they didn't have it, they got the basics right. They closed the ball quickly, regardless. They stopped the crosses. You know, they, they made, if, if they were going to let Arsenal play, they took them to an area where they wanted to go. Martinelli never, never got a sniff out of Coleman. Same on the other side. Michalenko came sacking nothing. That's probably the worst game we've ever seen from yep. Saka this season. And Odegaard couldn't get involved in the game because they couldn't really get him the ball because of those three... three Rattles in the middle of the park. They just ran all day and closed the ball down. So listen, it 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 shows everybody else that if you close the ball quickly against Arsenal, you can knock them off the stride. Problem is, it's not easy to do that from the first minute to the right. last minute the way that Everton did. And the reason they did it is because psychologically they've got a new manager. They're fighting for their life. And it was really basic. I don't think Everton will see that. I don't think we'll see this Everton to the end of the season. I, I don't. But we'll see enough of it. I think we'll see enough of it. But uh, at home, I, yeah, particularly at, yeah. at Goodison, I, I, I don't think players were not trying for Lampard. I mean, Donald know better than, than us. But the, the the word coming out of uh, Everton, well, the fans were actually even at the end when he was sacked, were saying, "Listen, you, we, we we respect you. Right. You try to embrace the club." Uh, and what it was about, and the supporters, and you give it your best shot, but for whatever reason, and you know, players, tactics, formations, but even silly little things like during the game when uh, Everton had a throw in down the left hand side by the technical area, and Awobi wanted to go wide right in case that ball got out there, and Dykes was like, get in here, because if this breaks down, right. I need you a little bit tighter. It, I mean, it's just silly little things that Everton were too open, they were too easy to beat, they were too easy to play against. 
Uh, in the end, under Frank Lampard, that's why they picked up so few points. And I think the first thing Dykes will try and do, obviously, is make them really difficult to play against and then go from there. Uh, we'll talk about the implications of that game and relegation a little bit later on. Of course, a huge game then on Sunday now between Spurs and Manchester City, with Pep Guardiola's side having the opportunity to close the gap at the top of the table and put more pressure on Arsenal. According to the bookies, uh, City are favourites to win. 11-8 on uh, Spurs, the outsiders, despite the home advantage. Uh, just take a look at everyone's predictions for this tie. Uh, City favourites, so let's just take a look at what everyone's gone for. Steven's gone for a 2-1, Craig's gone for a 2-1 as well. Uh, 3-1 for myself, 2-1 for Don as well, there you go. Uh, We'll of course be looking back at that game on the next edition of ESPN FC, so be sure to join us. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Lectra e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes, and one even said, I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles an hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Liverpool's struggles continued and then some as they were beaten 3-0 at Molyneux against the Wolves. They were found themselves 2-0 down in the opening 12 minutes. Matip with the own goal. Dawson uh, then getting a second. Neves would make it 3-0 in the 71st minute. You take a look at the table. Liverpool currently sitting 10th, uh, 11 points off a top four spot. It just gets worse and worse, Stevie. That first 15 minutes has to be the worst so far. Of the but why, Steve? They had the whole week to prepare. Do you know what? They're gone. They asked Klopp, and he couldn't. He couldn't tell you. Yeah. Well, that, there's a the problem. They've gone. They're when you say gone, what would you mean? There's Would'd... nothing. Well, well, the... well, you know, a team that was so good last year and could have won four trophies that quadruple. We were so close. They were playing such good football to be in this position. There's nothing 
he, there's nothing he's saying or doing. And even if he gave him 10 days off, right. there's nothing he's saying or doing is making a jot of a difference. Mm. There's no changes to the team is making a jot of a difference. These players all carried them to Premier League and Champions League, pretty much. There's one or two exceptions. And nothing he's doing is having... Well, put it one way. After the first period when he came in, almost everything Klopp did, said, signed, had an effect on this Liverpool team in a positive way. Nothing he's doing now is making a jot of a difference. They've absolutely gone at the moment, and there's no sign of that turning. The start of the game tells you what Craig's saying is right. Because there is no question that some of the things that Klopp would be talking about would be starting the game properly. Do the, the first thing you do, make sure you do it right. Do it well. Don't, don't let them take the initiative. You know, it's all positivity. It's all, this is about us and we need to do that. And then the whistle goes and everybody in red just did that and backed off. They backed off. They did. There was nobody closing the ball. There was nobody making a challenge. Nobody was taking any, any, any initiative to do anything. They just ran around in a, in a fog, in a haze for 15 minutes till they were 2-0 down. And then... All of a sudden, they started getting in the game. So, what Craig says, right? You can't start the game the way they did if they're listening to the manager winding them up before the game. So, clearly, the message isn't getting through. At the same time, and I'm going to say it again for about the 10th week in a row, if you keep setting your team out to play a certain way and they keep showing you that they can't do it anymore, Time after time after time, then you have to change it. And not only do you have to change it because it's not working, you have to change it just to try and spur something. Right. I mean, you talk about monotonous. You know, you get in, we all get in ruts and you have to change something, right? Well, he's not changing anything. Well, he's changed it's some just, of the personnel. He's just doing this. Bicicic is coming, Fabinho's out, Milner, Henderson. But he's been doing it since the start of the season. He's, he, he's continually changing it. Okay, he's got injuries. He's tried every single change, personnel, and it's still not working. So you've got to change the way you play. You can't just keep throwing them out in the same shape, using the same players who time after time showed you that right now they can't do it. So why would you keep doing it? It makes no sense. Don, what's the answer? Ah. If anyone knew the answer, um, you know, Jurgen Klopp would know the answer. I think you're looking at a team when you looked at that 11 there, Dan, and there's probably Bacetic in the middle of the park who's fresh into the side that's playing okay. There's Alisson in the middle of the goals who's playing okay. The rest of them, every single one of them, when you look at that, you look Andy Robertson, Trent, Matip, Gomez, Keita, Thiago, Gakpo, Nunez, Salah, all out of form. So you pick 11 players, there's nine of them that's out of form. They're leaking goals. Uh, they don't close down in the middle of the park. That's three there. It's not a Jurgen Klopp midfield three. Never, never will be. There's not enough energy. There's not enough height. There's not enough strength in there. There's no power. So the front men ain't scoring goals. I mean, Wolves are the lowest scoring Premier League team this season in the Premier League. Just put three past Liverpool. I mean, every single week, it's sort of, we're, we're sort of writing a brand new low for Liverpool. My, my worry is, my immediate worry, is when Jurgen Klopp has the conversation with FSG in the summer, 
because there must be a reason why they didn't go for anyone in, in January in the window. They must be, pe be preparing for something big in the summer. This rebuild for Liverpool is going to cost probably close to 200 million. Yeah, but if, like, if, if, if like, you, talk, you talk about that and obviously you think, oh, well, Jude Bellingham... Why on earth yeah. would Jude Bellingham go to Liverpool at the moment? Well, because, well no, because Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool are still a sell. You're looking at a team that's been out of form in seven years. Jurgen Klopp's been there. You're looking at a team that's out of form in what five months, six months. So it's still a pull. He can be given the Liverpool number eight shirt, the new Steven Gerrard. That's all the talk that's happening behind the scenes. And then say, listen, this is a one-off. We'll win the Premier League next year. We'll win the Champions League next year. But you you must join anyway. Parking that. £200 million. My worry is, if he puts his hand at Jurgen Klopp and FSG and the owners say no, my worry is he might say, what can I do? And he might just walk away because he needs help. We're looking at Chelsea spending £600 million. Liverpool need massive financial help off the owners in the summer. That's my worry. What are they going to do to help the manager? Uh, well, I, I can, I can, I'm kind of with you in a way and I'm kind of not. 200 million, by the way. If Enzo Fernandez has just gone for 120 million, so you're getting a player and a half at top quality. Unless you can go out and nick a bargain, if you think Gakpo's a bargain, he hasn't, it's been difficult for him, but he's coming into a poor side at the moment. But we keep talking about these rebuilds. Right. What am I missing? We've got Diaz to come back. Okay, he's out, but when he comes back. But still, Salah and Nunes, 100 million plus Nunes, right? Fabinho, Champions League, you know, all these players are top players. Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, Canati, they were all around. Mm -hmm. Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. What am I missing here? Where's the rebuild? Well, the, 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 the rebuild's in the middle is, of the park. Well, I've just mentioned, the, the, but who? Who? Henderson, Milner, Fabinho, well, well, Keita, Thiago. Right, they're all players that have won Premier League. And, are, you, are you saying they're finished? And it's just the players, not, it's not the no. manager. I'm not saying they're finished, but what I would say is when you look at Jordan Henderson and Fabinho especially, I never saw, I never saw the drop-off in standards and the amount of the lack of closing down that Fabinho can, can't do all of a sudden. So I think when you look at what Liverpool have got to work with in terms of goalkeepers, backline and front men, you know, it, most, most coaches in Europe would want Liverpool's backline and front men. The obvious answer, especially when you look at the three today, those three technically are good players. They're not Jurgen Klopp midfield players. They're not the guys that rat around and feed it to the front men like Gini van Alden done and Jordan Henderson and Fabinho in their prime were doing. But listen, These are three the, technical the, players listen, that you're Fabinho, looking at today. Fabinho just never stopped being able to shot the ball down, right? It just, it just, didn't, it just didn't happen. He just never all of a sudden woke up and he couldn't, he couldn't shut the ball down. It's a it looks like it. No, no, it looks like it because he's a consequence of Klopp allowing this team to get away from what made it special, and that's the intensity. We're just not seeing the intensity in this Liverpool side that we saw. I don't think they can do it, Craig. I right, don't think they a, can do it. There's a bottom line here, right? Jurgen Klopp, is a, they're at a place where it comes the summer, if this continues, they won't sack him, and rightly so, because he's turned water into wine in some respect. But there might come a time he looks at his position at this club and the success he's had and think, right, do I forgo this few million pound contract, whatever it is, and I'll walk away because I cannot turn this around. This team looks like a team that Jurgen Klopp needs to come in and fix. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like a team that he needs to come in and fix 
But he's and only going to be able to do that with buying new players. Exactly. How's he going to fix it? He no, fixed, no, but what, he no, fixed no, it no, before. No no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, it looks like a team that a manager's been sacked and he would come in and fix it. That's what he's turned them into. These players, are, everybody's talking about Liverpool new players. What about all these guys that are there? Yeah, Steve? Not, yeah but the question is... If we're blaming you, Lampard and, and all these other players no. forever are not playing well, why is Klopp not to blame for this scenario? Uh, he, he does have to carry some blame, but he's built up a lot of, right. a lot of goodwill, which, which means that you have to give him an opportunity to try and rebuild. And I'm with Don. It's the middle of the park. And you're talking about the intensity. Fabinho doesn't look as though he has that intensity in him now. Henderson doesn't. Oxley Chamberlain well, doesn't. Well, he had the intensity Keita, six, seven months ago Keita, he had it. Keita, well, he did six, seven months ago, but he doesn't have it now. So seven months is gone. It looks like it. Is that not a He concept? hasn't done anything. No, I understand. He hasn't done anything no, from the start hasn't. of the season for, for anybody to be confident. It's gone on for such a long period of time, let me put it that way, that it makes you wonder whether it's going to come back with him in particular. But the others, Keita was 70 million. He just right. hasn't been good enough. Mm. He's never been fit, but even when he's been fit, he's just not been good enough. We, we all know James Muller's good for the squad player. As we say, I think Henderson, yes, his legs aren't what, what they are. Um, Thiago Alcantara on the ball, yes, he's fantastic. But the Liverpool that was dominant was a team that had the intensity Craig's talking about. He can't do that. He's not, go he's not going to go and do that and, and squeeze up behind the front three when they were at their very best. So they don't, it looks like they don't have anybody in the middle of the park. Right. And I'm talking about anybody. So who's turned the fullbacks into poor players? I, I, again, I, well, who's turned the centre again, into poor players? But the back line can be worked with. The back line right now well, doesn't seem is like all, it. the back line right now is not playing as a unit the way it was. It's not. Alexander Arnold hasn't changed any. We we knew he couldn't defend. Said that from the start. Said mm. that four years ago. Robertson needs to just concentrate on what his job is. He's. He's a consequence of everything else as well because he's, he's finding himself half and half. He's finding himself not as far forward as he used to be, but then defensively, he's not far enough back that he can make a difference. So there, there are so many consequences of the problems coming from the middle of the park. There's a reason why... <coughs> excuse me. There's a reason why we say you've got to dominate the middle of the park. It's the engine room. It's this, it's that. But because everything works off it. That's the heartbeat of the team. Uh, right, well, one second. Nobody looked at this Liverpool squad at the start of the season. <coughs> let, let, let's, let's, let's roll it out here. Nobody looked at this Liverpool squad at the start of the season <coughs> and said they're all finished. No. Nobody. Absolutely Right, not. nobody. Correct. Man City didn't... All right, Man City spent a lot of money. Liverpool have spent a fair bit. Obviously, Chelsea have gone nuts. Man City didn't go out and buy six players. Unless I'm missing some. Right, they got Akanji <coughs> and they got Haaland. Liverpool... Off the top of my head, obviously, Gakpo January, but they've got Nunez. Mm -hmm. Two, all right, Haaland's further down the road in his progression, but they're two £100 million players. So there wasn't a lot of difference. Not like Pep Guardiola and Man City went out and bought a new half a team. They didn't. At, at the start of the season, Liverpool spent the money. They spent almost, you know, the same as City. Nobody at the start of the season said, oh, Robertson's finished, Alexander, this, is, this can't continue, Van Dijk's stuffed, the midfield's gone, the front line's horrible. Nobody. No. So, seven months down the line, all those facets of the team are not working. Well, think about Who that. has to take the responsibility for that? The manager. But it helps. Right. But it has to be able to rebuild they, it. 
He has to be able to change it. But you're re I don't understand what you're rebuilding when you never... You're rebuilding the middle of the park. At the start of the season, did you look at the middle of the park and go, oh, that needs a rebuild? Well, no, but well, you... exactly. Listen, you, was, you just said it. <laughs> you just said it about 20 seconds ago. Seven months ago, nobody said. Seven months is a long time. Seven months is a long time to not be able to run around and be as intense as you used to be. You know, if, if a team goes through a couple of month period or five or six games where everybody looks a little sluggish, then okay. But to be doing it for seven months and think that, what, it's just all of a sudden? All of a sudden, it's not just I'm going not to change. It. All of a sudden, you've got to I'm think, hold on a second, there's a bigger problem I'll, here. I'll give you James Milner and that, at his edge. And that. I'll give you James Milner at his edge and I'll give you Thiago. Well, Thiago, tell me, Thiago, tell me but, why but, Henderson never plays 90 minutes. Why does Henderson never I mean, play Henderson, 90 minutes? Listen, Henderson, Henderson, all, Henderson could been off the bench and on the bench and been used and not used for 24 months now, right? He's played... He, <laughs> Henderson could... He hasn't Henderson, played 90... When was the last time he played 90, he played 90 minutes all I'm season? Not, I'm, you look. OK, there were two teams, of course, involved. Wolves with a massive three points for them and helps their survival hopes, doesn't it? Let's take a look at the bottom of the table. Saints in real trouble. They lost 3-0. Bournemouth lost against Brighton. Everton were out of the relegation zone for a moment. They are back in it now. Uh, where do you stand, Don? Saints are done. Yeah, I, th I think Nathan Jones has got it all on there. I think Bournemouth, I think the bottom two will definitely go. Then I think you're looking at a fight. I mean, I wouldn't rule Leicester out from dropping, you know. They're, they're, they got a decent win today, big but win they've got today. bad fixtures coming up. Pardon? Big win. They beat Villa, of course, 4-2 today. Great win. Great win. That, that game could have been anything. It could have been 6-5 against, but they were on the right side of it. Um, I, think, I think the likes of Forest, Wolves, West Ham will be okay. I think Leeds might drop as well. So you're probably looking at five teams in it, in my opinion. Have you got? I, I, uh, Saints are done. Right, yeah. I've got Saints. Yeah, he's 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 out his depth. I think. I mean, I heard somebody say today. I saw a report from I think it was one of the local Southampton uh, journalists saying that he'd said uh, Nathan Jones. That is, I've been listening to people trying to convince me, and I'm I'm just going to do it my own way now. He's three months <laughs> into the job. He should have been doing it his own way and blagging his. Like Stevie who's he been listening? I don't to? know who's. I don't know who's been listening to. Well, I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe he's been. Maybe yeah. maybe like some. He reads the local press. Like yep. they say they don't. Maybe he is. And he's like, oh, play him up. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think they've gone. Uh, probably go Bournemouth. I think I think Forest, even though they keep signing, I think they're going to be hovering around it yeah. in Leeds. Yeah. So that's four. That's four. And then I was going to say Wolves. I think West Ham is going to be fine for me. Everton. Right. Long. I think they'll be okay, but I think they'll be hovering around yeah. it, mm. particularly with their away form. Manchester United took all three points in their clash against Crystal Palace. Uh, goals from Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford was enough to see them get it done. However, Casemiro sent off. He'll miss the next three matches. That straight red card. This is what Ten Hag had to say about the sending off. You see this team stands up for each other. It's such a good spirit for the team and they don't like it when a player can be badly injured. And that's the way Anthony got treated. This team sticks together, but you have to control your emotions. Uh, Casemiro will now miss the next three United matches uh, all in the league. Uh, OK, maybe he's just protecting his team a little bit. Yeah. But I think what he's, you know, in the dressing room, what he has to be saying is... Like, well, there's two things here. Well... well more than that, United were very professional up to that point. The game was in cruise control. They were, they were playing well, uh, enough, against a Palace team that didn't create anything. And Rashford got that uh, second goal. And uh, 
and Palace, they were hang, and they were hanging on at the end, United. But it came about, Schlup and Anthony got involved a little bit, and Anthony went off, and there's a slope as it goes off yeah. at most clubs, and the old traffic that goes away there. And it wasn't the worst, but unfortunately, he's a little naff, right? He's a little pain. He's Fernandez 2.0. Fernandez has got better, but I've watched him recently, right? And he's he's got a bit of that complaining about everything about him when somebody touches him. This is Anthony, yeah? This is Anthony, right? And because he reacted, and I'm not saying Schlup was was blameless, right? But because of his reaction, the melee starts and then Casemiro should know better, right? But because that little pain in the backside, right, who thinks... He is a two hundred million pound player when really he's just doing okay. Cause he's the melee, and that means people get involved. Now he should still know better than putting yeah. his hands around somebody's neck. But that's what that's what sets it all off. Mm-hmm. And he is a pain, uh, by the way. Ditto, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 it. And Leeds, Leeds, and Leicester, Don. Big miss. Big enough yeah, to drop be points. Big miss. Uh, no, I, I, I think they can get through the, the couple of Leeds games and the Leicester game without him. Of course, he's a, he changes the needle when he plays because he's such a great player and I think he's made a, a massive difference. Um, Craig is right, though. I don't, when Jeffrey Schlupp bumped into Anthony, there's a massive slope off the pitch where I think could be a, a proper danger to the players. And I think that's what upset Anthony. I think where Man United fans are getting at, when they, when they see Casemiro being sent off for, for grabbing... Will use across the throat, which was quite rightly the right decision. It was violent, violent conduct. There was another image, and I'm pretty sure it was Jordan I who then grabbed, I think, Fred by the throat as well. So they're saying VAR actually missed a red card for Palace in the same time in the same melee, but it must have been difficult for all the fixtures, uh, the officials trying to figure out what was going on. But I, I think United will be fine. I think they're playing their football's too good. Um, and they'll have him back for the cup final. Hey, United are loving it, though. Really good weekend for them yeah. overall because, of course, well, Liverpool lost, Arsenal yeah. lost, and we saw Newcastle dropping points as well. They're in action against West Ham. This one would finish uh, one apiece. We'll see open the score in West Ham. Uh, better, though, in the latter stages of the first half. Paqueta making it 1-1. Uh, it's about the right result. Yeah. For Newcastle side, just have maybe lost just, yeah, just yeah. a little edge at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about it the last few weeks. They just... After the World Cup, they just they got to the Cup final, and that's great. And there was a fantastic atmosphere there at St James's Park the other night. But Wilson scored a great goal early on, and there was a go- well, there was a goal chopped off. Then Wilson scored a great goal from the long staff pass. Who they had to make a change because San Maximum comes in on the on the, the, the wide position. Joe Linton drops deeper because Gomez is suspended. So that's a it's a big miss for them. But once Wilson scores. West Ham got a gallop up yeah. and Rice started to control the middle of the park uh, and Newcastle fell away and, and they just they just not got that spark in their performance that they had in the first three or four months of the season. Almiron is still running around doing stuff, Joe Linton, but that final end product, that sort of pressure, pressure, pressure and that intensity... Is, is gone. In fact, West Ham were, were good for a point. Yeah. Really good for a they've point. Been playing, they've been playing on such emotion for so many games that eventually that, that juice is going to run out. You know, they're beginning to realise that to be top dogs, you have to reach a level of consistency that's not 
ultimately relying on emotion all the time. You know, that's what your top teams do, your cities and Liverpool at their best and, and United at their best. This team is realising that it has to find that level without, without relying on the crowd all the time and without relying on, oh, we're playing against a big team. You have to be able to raise your game against your West Ham's mm. and your Leicester's and your Leeds from a professional point of view. And that's kind of why Newcastle might not finish in the top four. And it's kind of why maybe in three and four years' time, if, if these owners invest the amount of money they do, a lot of these players won't be there. Because professionally, as good as they can be or as much ability as they have, they can't sustain their best week in and week out. That's why they won't be there in three or four years. You nervous, Don? Uh, well, for the top four, a little bit. A little bit, Dan. I think, I think what they look like to me, they look like a team that's like an Olympic sprinter and he's dipping for the finish line a little bit too early. It's like they've had such a good season. <laughs> 17 matches too early. You did dip your head well, a couple exactly, of times. But that's, what the boy, that's what the boys are saying with the emotion because like they're, they're having such a good season. They were sitting in second, a few points behind, I think, Arsenal, who was top at the time, or might be Man City. Now they're sort of dropping down into fourth and all of a sudden you're looking behind you and you're seeing the likes of Tottenham and Brighton and Brentford and you're seeing good teams behind you just starting to reel you in a little bit. And the last five games, Dan, they've had four draws. Uh, only scored a couple of goals as well. So the lads are right. It's like they're just... Listen, they're not losing games. I mean, they're still a fortress in James' Park. They've not lost a game there. So they're still a hard side to beat. They're just like the fans were a little bit itchy today. They took the lead after three minutes. Then you're thinking, right, it could be another great three points. Could take yourself back into third, closer to City, closer to Arsenal. You draw another game. And I think that's a testament to how far Newcastle have come when they're actually disappointed to draw a 1-1 at home against West Ham. That shows you how, how far the, the, cle the, the, the team and Eddie Howe have come. So they've just got to try and get their heads down and just try and kick through this period. They, they, need, to get, they need to get Alexander Isaac a run of games. He was out injured after the World Cup. He comes back in, looks sharp, gets his goal at uh, Southampton, I think it was. Then he plays the other night, gets clattered on the head hmm. with a free kick or a, or a strike at goal, gets concussion, he's out again. It's putting more pressure. They've let Wood go to Nottingham Forest on loan, although he's a different type of player, but he's an extra body. Wilson got his goal, but his general performance has not been great. So they need Isaac to get in the side. But I tell you, the two best players on the park were Declan Rice and, and Aguerd, the Moroccan left-sided centre-back. He was The tackle he put on... Wilson was magnificent. His general performance was magnificent. And yeah, you know, West Ham boy, Declan Rice. But, but come on, it has to be this summer. It just has to be. Uh, we will say thank you very much to Don. Don, though, we'll be back on Extra Time. You can check that out over on our YouTube channel. And we've got FA Cup replays for you this week. Tuesday, see Sheffield United take on Wrexham. <laughs> Hopefully that game will be as good as what we saw in the first encounter between these two. That's live on ESPN2 and ESPN+. And then on Wednesday at the Stadium Live, this was a great game as well when these teams met. Uh, it's Sunderland take on Fulham at that game, 2.30 Eastern on Plus. 
passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Borussia Dortmund thrashed Freiburg by five goals to one on the Saturday. Freiburg reduced the 10 men early on in this game. And the big story, Sebastian Allaire scoring his first goal since coming back from cancer. Let's get some reaction now as Archie caught up with Allaire and Terzic after the game. Sebastian, what a day for Borussia Dortmund. What a day for you personally. Firstly, how would you describe the feeling after you'd nodded the ball in and you're running down in front of 25,000 Dortmund fans in the yellow wall? Yeah, I was, uh, I was waiting for this moment a long time. So uh, today I could realize uh, how good is it to score a goal. Um, yeah, after all, all those things, was the best thing I could hope is just score this goal in front of the yellow wall, uh, give uh, just happiness to the team, to the people, and of course, uh, we won the game uh, by, uh, what was the score? I don't even remember. 5-1. 5-1, 5-1 was a lot. But um, yeah, today I think we enjoy our football. They were quite unlucky with the, uh, red, card, the red card at the 17th minute, so we, we made the game uh, quite easy for us, for ourselves. And uh, yeah, today is just uh, a great victory. I've seen a lot of your team this season. That seemed like the best performance all round that I can remember, going forward in particular. How did you see it? Yeah, it was, a, first of all, a very important win for us and also the performance was good, especially the beginning of the game when, when it was 11 v 11, we, we had the control over the, whole, over the whole game. But again, we conceded a, a sloppy goal uh, where we didn't uh, put our boot through it and, and clear it just. And uh, to be fair, I think the second half was basically the best that we've seen so far this season. It was uh, very clear, uh, very clinical in front of the goal. We created many chances, good passing, good counter pressing, so we didn't let them breathe. And I think it was a, a great game for us and a very important result as well. The moment that really captured me was when Sebastian Haller scored and the crowds, that noise sent a tingle up my spine. What did it do to you? 
Uh, it was a crazy moment. I think everybody was looking for it last summer. Uh, if you sign a new striker, you can't wait him to score in front of our yellow wall. But especially after his story, um, it was this was a great and a special moment for for him. It was an important goal for us, and you can feel it all over the place. And that's good. And we can, we hope we can continue like this. And he's going to score. So let's take a look at what that means. Borussia Dortmund now level on points with Bayern Munich in second. Union Berlin two points clear at the top of the table. Uh, for more on this, let's welcome in Shoei Ali Moreno, Ali Moreno uh, joins us. Ali, looking at this, are we going to be glass half full or glass half empty in that it's easy to put in your best performance of a season if you're playing against 10 men for much of the game? <laughs> Well, it seems like you're leading the witness no, no, and not so you're well, trying just... to get me to go <laughs> glass half empty. Uh, I'm going to say glass half full if you're Borussia Dortmund. It is rare that after a Borussia Dortmund game, we're not talking about their frailties defensively, which we could if we focus on the goal that they gave up. And of course, Lauterbeck cannot defend and Nicolas Sula is having his difficulties, but he's a better option than Mats Hummel. Let's not talk about that because we don't need to really. When you think about Borussia Dortmund and what they do really well is what they have in the attacking half and they just have options everywhere. The presence of Sebastian Aller, while it is inspirational and emotional, functionally I think is very important for Borussia Dortmund in that he gives them a focal point and a guy that can Put a, put a final touch on a cross that can get on the end of service, that can head a ball in, but also is a guy that can play with his back to goal, hold the play, smart with his movement, and while he attracts attention, then that frees up guys like Adeyemi, it frees up guys like Baino Gittens on the other side, Julian Brandt that he's playing really well, Marco Royce who came back from injury and illness, and I haven't even mentioned Jude Bellingham, and so you start to think about what this team can do in the attacking half, and you get really excited. We haven't even mentioned Gio Reina off the bench and how hot he is coming off the bench and scoring goals. So there are a lot of names here to get excited about if you're Borussia Dortmund, as long as you focus on the attacking half. Uh, well, let's talk a little more detail, show about Gio Reina. That's three goals in four matches now for the U.S. international. Point to prove? Well, he's been proving it. And, and I think the next step for him is, while it's great to have this impact off the bench, you want to get a start here and there. And when you get that opportunity, you got to hang on to it. But as I just mentioned, there is a lot of competition in the attacking half for Borussia Dortmund. So there are a lot of options for Aiden Terzic. What I would say is that this was a really tough weekend for Greg Berhalter. And the reason I say that is once again, Giorena is scoring goals, right? And then the game winner for uh, Union Berlin was Jordan Pifok. So the guy that you did, you did not take to the World Cup scoring goals and the guy that you took and did not play is also scoring goals. Uh, it's not a great look for Berhalter. I guess he doesn't care at this point. But the truth is that for Gio Reyna, in general, what we're seeing is that whenever he gets his, his chance, he's scoring goals, he's productive. That's all that Intersic can ask for. Now, Gio Reyna has to continue to push, show consistency, stay fit, stay ready to go. And when he gets an opportunity to start, then he better do well. Because if he doesn't, there are a lot of options that can come off the bench and do the job for him. So the top contenders doing everything right today, registering those victories. You take a look at the odds, though. Bayern are still massive favourites to retain their title. Eight to one on, of course, a victory tomorrow. It's back to the top of the table. Ali, you know what I'm going to ask you? <laughs> glass half full, glass half empty with regards to this title race. <laughs> 
Uh, let's go glass half full again. It's Saturday now. Let's have fun with it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a title race. And I think Bundesliga wants a title race. And, and it's, for us, it's a lot more interesting to talk about what a title race could do and, and signify in Bundesliga. And, and, and we always think, well, it's Bayern Munich and then everybody else. But Bayern Munich has opened the door for everybody else to have a chance and give credit to Borussia Dortmund, who are perfect in 2023. Four games, four wins. Give credit to Leipzig, who has been consistent. Give credit to Union Berlin, who has hung on. And Eintracht Frankfurt continues to play better and continues to get points. And so this are, all these teams are, kind of, are getting in the conversation while Bayern Munich haven't proven that they can go on a long run. My, long, my, my question, and my, really my only question to all these teams is, at some point, Bayern Munich is going to string results together. And when that happens, can they keep up? If they answer that question correctly, then yes, we have a title race. Right now, it feels like we're trending in that direction. So yeah, I'll go with a title race. Ali Reno, as always, a thank you very much. The Bundesliga then it continues tomorrow live on ESPN+. Plus. The big game sees Wolfsburg take on Bayern Munich. Preceding that, it's Stuttgart against Werder Bremen. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. That's it. We're done. Goodbye. Extra time. <laughs> Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you very much for your tweets. Craig with us, Stevie and Don as well. A lot of tweets about Don correctly predicting that Everton would be Arsenal. We did mention on the show a massive caveat, though. He did that, of course, when Frank Lampard was No, no, he did not predict Everton would be Arsenal. <laughs> he said it was a tough place to go. <laughs> For Dan, what's Which worse? Southampton didn't think so, and all the teams that beat them before that. What's worse, Don being right or Stuart Robinson? Always battered your team in FIFA. I do like you call him Stuart Robinson. Don, you was right on the WhatsApp straight away. Go Get that clip ready, won't you, Don? Get it ready, Dan. Get Aye. it ready. Listen, it's just one of them. You just, I just had the feeling, you know. And you, <laughs> it's oh, it's, it's, it's just Goodison. No, it's just Goodison. When you said that, no, it's Goodison. It's the Goodison still in charge. Come on. No, no, no. Goodison can do this uh, to anyone. Well, how come it couldn't do it to Southampton? 
And all the teams well, that beat them when Lampard just, got the sack. <laughs> just give a man, Craig, just give a man a little bit of credit. No, Come on, just give me a little bit of credit no, where it's no, due. Have you been on this show before? No credit. <laughs> why, has he, why has he got a jumper and a jacket on in a hearse? Um, well, I was, oh, well I, was, I was working for a different company today, Stevie, so oh. I have to be smart. Oh, sometimes oh. you put a sweater on beneath and you have the collar up and then your jacket. It's not your sort of style. It's not, no. No, but obviously. No. no. That big, that big fleecy grey one that's about 18 sizes too big for you, uh, that wouldn't go under your jacket. Uh, the one you wear in telly and at the golf. <laughs> oh, the big one. Craig, you... The, the grey one. The grey one that was handed down from your great-grandpa's grandpa. Oh, that one, right. You've got the golf one. That was the yeah, one, the one, the one that you left, in, <laughs> you left at the golf club in uh, Massachusetts. And you said remember. to me... It was left in the boot of a oh, car, and you said, sweet, right. would you pick it up for me? And I said, yeah, well, I'll put it in the bonfire. <laughs> Craig, you're all complaining yeah. about Chelsea not registering uh, Badashil. Badashil? But also Badashil. sit there and complain when Chelsea don't have any attacking flair. Why would it make sense to leave out the three big names to help us out going forward when we have enough coverage, ex Fafana in defence? So, what? Well, uh, can I speak for you? Then we didn't have to. Speak. Yeah, go on. What Craig was started talking about, and we all agreed with, was that Buddy Shield and Silver, the partnership is great. Right. Every other partnership hasn't been particularly great. Koulibaly hasn't been great. Fafana's been out injured, and when Fafana has played, by the way, centre back, yeah. he's not been very good. So, you know, are you <laughs> you can't just disregard a. Centre-back partnership is probably or is one of the most important partnerships on the field. So that's what we were talking about. You are, you got, Stevie's your lawyer. Wow. Well, I'll answer then. <laughs> uh, well, look, exactly what Stevie said. There you go. Thank you, you can't, you're not going to give yourself a chance if you're defensively weak. What's the old adage about building from the back? And you can still register players. Uh, like Joe Felix and, and, and add back to, to Havertz and one or two others Zayech is in who didn't go to PSG and still have that little bit of flair look you've effectively registered Mudrich who you've taken off at half time mm. in the game so it, it's it's one of those balancing acts but why would you not register a player who's in your starting 11 now yep. yet people who are benched are going to be registered it just doesn't make sense Don, what's more likely, Everton to stay up or City to catch Arsenal? City to catch Arsenal. Oh. Yep. Having said that, having said that, I still think it's a massive rick from Guardiola allowing Cancelo to leave. One of the best fullbacks in European football, in my opinion. That's a massive risk, I think. So he's, he's basically looking after the good of the dressing room because there was a little falling out between the two. Um, so he's looking after the greater good of the dressing room, but at the same time allowing, in my opinion, his best fullback to move on to Bayern. I think there's been a little sea change in his mindset. That's my su summary of, of what this move has been, because I think now he's got a, an out-and-out striker, he doesn't need to be as flamboyant. Right. And they haven't been. I mean, no. you, City have not played as well, no. and, and obviously they're not doing as well at the moment, 
They haven't played as well as previous seasons. Their football hasn't been as obliterating to other teams. But they've got enough balls in the box for the big fella to do the damage. And I think he's thinking, do you know what? I could put Laporte or Aki there. Yeah. They ain't going to give me what Cancelo's going to give me going forward. But maybe I'm going to be a little bit more solid at the back and that's going to, and then I'm going to leave it to that lot. Right. To get me the You don't goals. necessarily need a flair fullback anymore. Not as much. That's maybe one of the things he's thinking about, possibly. Well, also the fact that teams seem to have been seem to have worked out this fullback playing in midfield situation. Right. So if he's going away from that, again, that's another reason why you can let him go. If you're Ten Hag, Stephen, what would you tell Casemiro in the dressing room? Listen, it's just a, it's it's just a. You're not chastising him. Right. It's. It's Would one it depend of, on the player. It's a conversation. If it's a youngster, like Casemiro is obviously being. If it's a youngster, it's a different ball game because right. you need to teach him a lesson. Okay. Whereas with Casemiro, it's you know better. Right. And then Casemiro, experienced in, in the age he is, is going to go. I'm sorry, boss. You know, I, I, you're right. Right. It's one of those conversations. It completely changes depending on who it is. Okay. As you said. If this is Garnacho, right? You actually you, you return you return it to him and grab him, did the throat with two with two hands. I don't think you're allowed to. I think no. HR. No, you're not allowed no, to do no, that I, anymore. I yeah. Which reminds me, you used to be allowed to do that. Like the Simpsons. <laughs> I, I think I think the, Ferg, the Sir Alex Ferguson line would be sort of the great one here, according to former United player Lee Sharp. When Eric Cantona had one of the most controversial things you've ever seen on a sports stadium, when he kung fu kicked a guy, actually went over the advertising halls into the stadium, kung fu kicked a man in the crowd, and got banned for almost got banned for a year. And Fergie apparently came in the dressing room and said, and gave the whole team a rollicking for the performance. And then turned to Eric and went, Eric, you can't be doing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a belter, isn't it? Fantastic. Eric, you can't be doing that. It's yeah. like... uh, for Don, percentage chance of Klopp remaining the Liverpool manager next season? Oh, oh, my days. I can't be going there, Dan, because I've got two guys a sack already with my predictions. Well, yes, you said zero he's not percent. Get, listen, he's not getting he's not sacked. Getting he, he's sacked. either going to walk. That, that's the thing. No. Is he going to walk? sacked. No, he won't get sacked. Right. He's got too much what, credit in the bank. What's the, what's my, the percentage my, chance of him walking? Uh, up? Go on, tell you what. <laughs> I think there's a sick. I think there's at the moment there's probably a sixty percent chance. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd be I'd be ups, I'd be disappointed if he walked. Why? You know, well because. Would you want another just because, season of this? Just because it's got difficult, you walk. Come on. No, I'm not. Not because it's got difficult, maybe because he doesn't, in the summer, he, if it goes that long, he might think he can't affect it anymore. Finances, Stevie. It takes a bigger man, Stephen, to walk away and accept it. <laughs> if he holds his hand out, if he holds his hand out to FSG in the summer and says, I want £200 million, pounds, What's and he they say no... What's he getting million? We had that discussion on the show. Well, you can, well, you can get Bellingham and Caicedo. There's two off the top of your head. Why would they go to Liverpool, Don? Caicedo's millions of Caicedo's. You keep saying this, Dan. £200 million is about. Of course there is. So you can get two quality midfield players for £200 million. My worry is, if FSG turn around and go no, then he might be thinking, what do you want me to do here? You can, well, listen, Chelsea by the way, spending you, £600 million. You can save this one for the tape as well. He's not going to Liverpool, is he, Bellingham? Go on, you say he is, and then you can, you can watch that when right. he does. 
He is then, and he'll take the number eight shirt. But why, Don? Garrard why, shirt. why? He's got no link to Liverpool. If you've got Real Madrid you knocking saying it. this. <laughs> Does he go... Well, Ancelotti got asked the question, Dan, a couple of weeks ago. Do you like Jude Bellingham? He went, yes, I like him, but I'll stick with the three I've got. But what else is he going to say? What has your three's got, by yeah. the way? Who's your three's got? Val... Valverde, uh, Valverde, Chouameni, Camavinga. No, Valverde Still got Modric. Valverde, Valverde, Valverde plays for the forward. He can't Still play. got Modric. No. no, no. You, well, you're missing the bit... point here, though. Ancelotti doesn't have a say in it. <coughs> Florentino Perez will just go out and buy whoever he wants listen, to buy. Listen, there's three clubs. There's three clubs, realistically, that he's going to join. It's going to be Real Madrid, Man City or Liverpool. That's his three. It's only Liverpool, so Liverpool on that list, Don, because they won't even be in the Champions League. But Dan, but Dan, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool could sell it to Jude Bellingham oh, saying this is why a one-off. Why, why, why would you seven just say, years you said Klopp We've might not be there. Months. Why didn't you add Man what? United to that list? You'd go, at the moment you'd go to Man United, wouldn't you? If Jude Bellingham's no, no. no link to Liverpool, why, why would no, you go to Man I don't, No, I don't why? think you'd choose Man United over Real Madrid, Man City no, or Liverpool. I'm not, I'm not suggesting over Real Madrid, I'm suggesting over Liverpool at the moment. Over Man City? Well, no, well, no. Well, no. No, well, no. But yeah, I'm saying why? Why are you putting Liverpool in that list and not Man United? Because I think, I think Liverpool. I think what you're doing is, I think you're looking at this four or five, six months that Jurgen Klopp's had, which is really, really poor. But you're forgetting the six and a half years that he's been there, and the job that he's done. So you can sell it to Bellingham and say, yeah. this is a one-off. We're what going to win the, the Premier League with you next it, season. What, what about the six and a half years he had at Borussia Dortmund, and then it all went pear-shaped, and he walked away? Well, you see, because he didn't feel yeah, he, see, could, he, he didn't feel he could affect. Now, it you anymore. say that. You say that there's context around, but there's context around that story. Everyone, everyone links Mainz, Dortmund, and Liverpool as a seven-year itch. When he was at Dortmund, it was the summer where he sold Lewandowski to Bayern Munich. Nuri Shaheen left. Yeah. Mario Goethe put a transfer request in. Yeah. They start the season badly, and Hans yeah. Watzke they they sacked Jurgen Klopp. And years later, he turned around his quotes and he said, "We made the biggest mistake of our lives, sacking Jurgen Klopp. What we should have done." was sacked half the team. That's where Liverpool are at. You can't be getting rid of Jurgen Klopp now. Get rid of half the team. I'm not talking Rebuild about getting rid of Jurgen Klopp. Nobody's mentioned getting rid of Rebuild Jurgen Klopp. Rebuild it. You, Give again, him money. Well, again, I'll go back to Give the point. Craig, what A few would, months ago, you were not sacking half the team. Now you're sacking half the team over one guy. What, what would he do with Chelsea's 600 million to what Liverpool have already got defensively and attackers? 600 million pound, he wins the league and Champions League next season. Don, let me tell you one thing now. I'd take <laughs> Liverpool's front line over, over Chelsea's any day of the week. Same. Right, so there we go. There's one side of the team fixed. Um, right. And Chelsea have had back problems at the back. Liverpool have still got Van Dijk, they've still got Canati. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, there's, there's... so it's the midfield then. So it's, so it's the midfield then. It's not that what, hard to work out, is it? I tell you what, I, I, I get it. I get it, it's not an ideal scenario at Liverpool, but I'm afraid one guy's words are falling on deaf ears, right, at the moment. Uh, which and team is more likely for that fourth spot, Stevie? Newcastle, Spurs or Brighton? It's hard to go against Spurs. <laughs> Just because they're Spurs, eh? <laughs> so Spurs to finish in the fourth? It's hard to go against them. But you just said they're Spursy. Aye. But, that, that whole but point that's the whole reason why they'll end up fourth. No, it won't. Because we'll slag them all season. How crap <laughs> no, they'll be. The Spursy how, way. how boring they are. But somehow, <laughs> no. some way, they'll end up sneaking in there. That's how Spursy works. Spursy is you've got to beat Forest on the final day and you mess it up somehow. And you don't finish fourth. 
Did they finish fourth last year? Yes. And how did they do that? I can't remember. Because they were minion. They were as bad last year <laughs> as they were as they've been that's, this that's year, and they still made it. <laughs> it. It's completely spursy. It's not spursy. It is. <laughs> It's totally spuzzy. Somehow, uh, that's not somehow they'll Newcastle. fall over, do a Newcastle. double somersault. Done. Newcastle. Newcastle. <coughs> Newcastle. I'm sticking with Newcastle. Yeah, Four points they're, clear. They're running out of, they're running out of juice. Yeah. Last question. What's the most fractured dressing room that you've been part of? I guess Don would have been part of a few considering the amount of clubs that he represented. What was the first bit there, Dan? The most fractured dressing room. West Ham, I would say. Yeah. West Ham, yeah. First year under Glenn, Rodo, we finished seventh. Exactly the same team, squad, relegation battle, bottom three. Seen an unbelievable fight after a game once. De Canio started it. He moonwalked out of it pretty quickly, but he started the fight. Then there was Ian Pierce, look after himself. Big lad. David James, yeah. Thomas Repka, Christian Daly. Paolo quickly moonwalked out of that fight and it was all kicking off. Wow. All on each other. Well, yeah, because Paolo started it and he blamed the he blamed the midfield players. <laughs> midfield players blamed the defenders. J-Mo got a mention, the goalkeeper. Then it all just went off. <laughs> that's that's not that's not like Christian. I know he can I know he can get a bit heated, but he's normally a level-headed lad, isn't he? But he's a big lad. And what were you doing, Don? Sitting there watching it. Hiding. I ain't getting involved in that. Hiding. It's a bit like it's a bit like when I told you Eddie I can buy. He took his shirt off and at the, at the just outside the tunnel at Pride Park. Yeah, everywhere. I've never seen. A, it was like a flock of birds seeing seeing a fox. God, <laughs> Stevie. I got to see when I left Liverpool and I went to Notts County. I went with Howard. Howard Kendall asked me to go there and be his assistant and play. Right. And I had this, this whole new world was starting. My proper playing career was over. Yes. I was still going to play, but I was going to learn all the ropes about managing and coaching and everything. Right. And, I, and it was a whole new world and I was so excited. Yeah. And then the first day I got there and I walked in the dressing room and there wasn't one person that wanted to be there. Oh. Every single one of them wanted away, and the first thing he said hello, the first thing he said was, "Oh, what are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what Craig gets uh, every time he goes out. Oh, 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 That's the dogs. Starts with the dogs, then the kids, <laughs> then the wife chimes in oh. right at the end. Uh, that is it. We are done. Thank you very much. ESPN FC back on your screen tomorrow to discuss Spurs, of course, in action against Manchester City. Plus, it's Barca against Sevilla. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Lecture e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes, and one even said, I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles an hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. 
They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range, so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.